This season of Hack Chat is taken over by women who power cybersecurity. Exciting, or you secure a, a product to a certain point and you keep pushing the boundaries of the threat model. It's not enough to say, I checked all the boxes that are here. I have this certification, I have that degree. Well, so do 50,000 plus other I looked at them and it was, uh, it opened the door to a new world to me. The idea was to build a community around it, to like foster an idea that will outlast me. I say you go with your dreams, you know, if you want to do two things, if you want to do three things, if you want to do everything professionally, you might can. You should just try it. Solid experience um, and a background that, you know, when I went back out into industry was, you know, frankly attractive. Hey everyone, welcome to Hack Chat. My name is Marco Figaro, and today we have a special guest. I am up past my bedtime because the person I speak to, or I'm going to speak to, is based out of Australia, and she is so important. I said, mm -mm, I'm going to pass. I'm going to pass up. I'm going to stay way above my bedtime to speak to this person. So today we have Nushin Shabab. She is a cybersecurity researcher based in Australia, specializing in reverse engineering and targeted attack investigator, and works at the great team, the famous great team of Kaspersky. Her research focus, focuses on investigation of advanced cyber criminal, criminals activities, with a particular focus in local threats in Asia Pacific region. Prior to joining Kaspersky Labs, she used to work as a senior malware analyst and security software developer focusing on rootkit analysis and detection techniques, as well as APT investigations. Give a warm welcome to her. Can I, I, I'm super excited for this interview because there's so many things I want to cover. Can you give the listeners a background and how you began your journey into cybersecurity and reversing malware? Sure. Hi, Marco. And hello to uh, the audience. It's um, lovely to talk to you. And I didn't know that it's, it's so late that it's, it's usually the way around. I usually stay up like after midnight to talk to my colleagues or other people, the other side of the world. So uh, yeah, it was a surprise to. Um, it is so worth yeah. it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so background about myself, you've, uh, you've said the, uh, most of the things that I wanted to mention, but yeah, I started uh, as a junior malware analyst um, around like 10 years ago mm -hmm. uh, in an antivirus company in Iran. Um, I've done um, different um, tests in, in like um, in cybersecurity, especially in like um, antivirus uh, development environment, like writing different modules for antivirus, uh, doing malware analysis on uh, Windows malwares, Android malwares, um, 
in in the uh, com in in that company, um, and yeah, uh, my job was uh, going on for a few years there. Um, I had been part of like different teams, like um, as I said, um, Android antivirus team, um, on Python development team, um, APT analysis team, and also um, one of the main um, main parts was the uh, the anti rootkit team which i was responsible for uh, the analysis of the rootkits and um, kernel uh, modules of the attacks and malwares and also writing like different modules for the anti rootkit which was actually the job that i really liked um, back then um, this was before i joined kaspersky i joined kaspersky in 2016 as part of the great team um, and I've been doing APT analysis um, um, since since then. You're very humble. You're a really badass. Let's just be honest. Let's put it out there. So let me ask you, were you always interested in reversing malware? That's a good question. Actually, to be honest, before joining the... Uh, the Antivirus company I mentioned, mm -hmm. I had no idea about reverse engineering. Mm. I had not even looked at one line of assembly code, uh, even even at university. I studied IT engineering at university, and we didn't have um, assembly language. Um, we learned like more um, high level languages, not not very high level like um, C and C plus plus. But not not um, assembly, and I was um, not even really uh, thinking about getting into cybersecurity. It was not as as hot and as common as it is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I concur. So, so what yeah. made you go into that? Yeah, I was um, I was um, actually really interested in computer science uh, since. So my middle school and I, I learned different programming languages in a school like I started with uh, the Q basic and then I learned Pascal and then um, in university I learned C and C++ and I was always interested in like problem solving and like um, getting more deep into uh, computer science um, um, tasks any anything in, in the in the computer industry, something that's more challenging and more like requires more problem solving. Um, when I graduated from um, from university, and I was actually um, I, I had recently started uh, doing some postgrads as well. Um, there was there was this company um, in in Iran, my my home country. Uh, they were developing an antivirus and they were expanding. They they wanted to hire people and they obviously knew that there are not many there were not many people who are experienced in reverse engineering. Um, so they were looking um, for people who were more uh, who were passionate about learning new stuff, trying new tasks, um, and uh, like people who um, maybe graduated um, from university with with higher scores. Um, and like that. So I applied for the job. I had no idea what the job was. Um, 
at the first day I went for interview, they gave me some challenges uh, to solve. I looked at them and it was, uh, I mean, it, it opened the door to a new world to me. And yeah, it was, it was very interesting. I joined the company and I learned as I, as I um, moved on um, to like new tests, I learned a lot and I, I got more and more interested every day with every new test. And yeah, I guess that, that, that's how I got interested. in. Did it become a passion for you once you started to get those wheels turning and start reversing and doing things like that? Yeah. Yeah. First years, um, I was working super hard. Like I would, I, I lived in another city and I work in another city. I would wake up every day, like at 5 a.m., driving for two hours. Oof, uh, to get That's to- hustle. That is hustle. That is the grind and hustle that I always speak about. And I want, I, I, I just want you to say that you drove two hours to a job. Yeah, two hours each way. And then I would stay uh, at the office like until um, 9 p.m. sometimes also to avoid traffic and then drive back two hours to home. It, that, that, that way of working was going on for, uh, for some time. That is hustle and grit. That is, that is something that, you know, the passion, like I can't imagine me driving two hours, right? Maybe an hour, but two, like that is that opportunity, that grind. And, you know, how long did you do that for? I actually did that for, I guess, two, well, one or two years. I gave up driving so long so I moved to the city next to the, my workplace and uh, the life was uh, much more easier after that and I could spend more time in the office working working on like new new matters and new tasks I mean it, guys like the listeners out there just two years that's around a 270 days of the year you're working you were doing five days five days a week yeah around 270 days a year four hours a day traveling that that to me is commitment and and much respect and hats off to you because that is passion and and just knowing and trusting the process to to say hey this is going to pay off in the long run and kudos to you. What skill have you learned that has taken your reversing to another level in the last year? I know we've been, you guys over there have been locked down for a couple of months and over here the same well. And, and I want to start it off because my passion is, is reversing, right? So I would say this question dates back for me two years when the NSA released Gidra. And then in the last year, you started seeing a lot of, of plugins that that has come out for Ghidra. And I, I want to say for me that that took my skills to another level because not only have I written plugins for Ghidra, but there's so many plugins out there for Ghidra that I've, I've fallen in love with Ghidra. Now, I do use IDA and Ghidra almost 
the same, but but I've have fallen in love with Gaidra. So That's on to nice. you. What what in the last year has taken your skills to another level? Yeah, actually, I I have to try Gaidra more. Haven't haven't played around with it that much. Uh, still um, um, sticking to Ida. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, I can um, say it. Um, it was not that last year. I actually started um, started um, getting to know about this um, a long time ago. But uh, in the last year, with like less traveling and more time mm. to um, focus on um, focus on uh, work, uh, I I um, felt it much more than before. So yeah, that that's. Um, the thing I want to uh, say is to um, um, teach people how to do what you want to learn better. Mm. So um, I've I've been doing like um, I've been helping newcomers. Um, I, I had uh, I had helped newcomers in in the old company a lot, and also during the past few years I've done um, some workshops for like university students for. Um, like conferences with like general audience of cybersecurity um, experts, mm-hmm. but during the past year, I I've done a few more workshops, uh, and I explicitly wanted to focus on on a topic that I had not um, done a workshop on before, like not not general like malware analysis, uh, but with a um, with focus on specific topics, so last year I I did uh, um, I delivered a workshop in um, in a number of conferences to um, um, and, and I looked at like exploits uh, exploit codes um, used in the wild like malwares that, mm-hmm. that exploit vulnerabilities. The I, I picked the most common vulnerabilities and tried to to um, to teach um, the um, the trainees how to reverse them and how to understand how they actually work, and it actually helped me to to um, to uh, improve my skills um, as well. And um, yeah, some of the some of the these malwares I hadn't looked at them uh, before myself, but for for the workshop I started um, playing around with them, learning every every single. Um, um, part of them, and uh, and then when I um, when I was doing the workshop, with all the challenges that would um, that would the workshop have um, like new uh, mm-hmm. questions from from students, like new problems that they that they face, um, it actually helped me to um, to improve my my reversing skills. Now. Are some of those paid workshops free, or is it? Or is it like just for conferences only paid? Because that skill is super important, right? A lot of times I reverse like malware that didn't have exploits within them. Actually, yeah. I, I never did a paid workshop for, for a conference. Is it free? Yeah. Is it out there that we can download? And if so, can you provide... Uh, there might be. Uh, I, I have some. I have the slides on my LinkedIn. Um, I guess mm, the... you need to throw them up on GitHub or something like that, 
and then tweet them out so I can retweet it because that is something I've, for me, I've never learned in a class. It, It was like learned on the job. And that is a skill for someone coming into the game that's super important to learn and and understand how to pinpoint that before really getting a job and dissecting malware and stuff like that. So you can go ahead and and do that. So it's it's super important. And and I don't know if there's many courses out there that that focuses on that, which is I want to say you guys... You are like the first course. I've I've never heard of anyone like specifically pinpointing that. Um, yeah, actually, I I got um, I mean lots of feedbacks that people wanted uh, me and my um, uh, co-trainer mm-hmm. to to expand the uh, workshop. It was actually meant for. Um, one day or half a day workshop yeah i guess one day workshop or two half day uh, two half days but yeah we were planning to um, you could probably do a four day where you do a intermediate to reversing and then have that on on like the first two days is reversing malware and then you know the wednesday and thursday of of the week you know, yeah. train on that. I, I have never, ever heard anyone doing that. So, I mean, this is a first and it is special. And I want to recognize that, that how special that's, that's like black hat training type thing and, and trainings at DEF CON and workshops at DEF CON, because I've never, for me, I've never heard of it. So if there's other people that have done it, I'm sorry. This is the first time I've heard of it. And I want to like recognize that that this needs to be in a black hat defcon china defcon you know vegas course or workshop so you know one thing i want to tell you is how has covid how has covid impacted your work and have you found it better being locked down and and digging deep into work um to be honest, I've, I mean, um, remote work has always been the, the style of my work, and mm-hmm. at least since I, I joined Kaspersky, because you know, um, my team, they are, like, everyone is in, in a different place. In Everywhere. Yeah, it was, it was always like a remote work, and I, I, I would go to the office from time to time, but not, not too much even before COVID. Um, the, the good thing about the lockdown was that I wouldn't spend much time on preparing for trips. Um, but um, it's, it's just like a um, personal preference. I, um, I like to be social. I like to go out. I like to see people. It's, uh, it's not that I enjoy uh, staying um, at home all the time. So with with all the good um, aspects, um, I still prefer not to be in a lockdown. I agree. I am a social creature. And, you know, hopefully I, I, I definitely have both shots now and I'm excited for 
conferences to to now begin having in person conferences so I can I can go and join and I'm I'm super excited on that. Um what was the first piece of malware that you thought to yourself, this is cool. This this technique is cool. I'm I'm interested in in, in hearing your answer and I'll I'll give you my answer after. Sure. Uh, that's a very good question because that, that malware actually um, led uh, me and, and some other um, people in, in my uh, old job to, to start a new team and to start a new uh, product for the company. Mm. So uh, that, that piece of malware was, uh, was a rootkit that I, um, that I looked at like maybe a few months after I started uh, my work, uh, it was for a Trojan that, uh, that was called Zero Access. Not sure if you if you've uh, heard about it. it uh, so I looked at the kernel module. I guess there were like, user more modules as well. <clears throat> but the other people um, um, reversed them. Mm. So the kernel module was, uh, was packed, was very sophisticated, lots of techniques. Um, it was completely, it was actually one of the first rootkits that I, I analyzed and it was super interesting for me. Um, why I said it, it opened a, a new, uh, a new project in the company after doing the full analysis on that rootkit, it, it took me actually a while to, to, uh, extract all the techniques, like everything from that rootkit. Uh, when when uh, we came up with the idea of writing an anti-rootkit product, like developing an anti-rootkit product, um, I based um, I, I suggested to base the um, different modules of the uh, anti-rootkit on on the analysis of the zero access that I did like a few years earlier. So <clears throat> we looked at different techniques, like how it um, it um, work to hide different processes on the system, to write modules for like finding hidden processes on the system. When we looked at the techniques that uh, that, that rootkit used to uh, hide uh, registry keys, we developed a new module to look for hidden registry keys on the system. Um, the same for files and like um, network traffic and so on. It was very cool and um, I guess um, after that, I, I had never looked at any other rootkit that was as sophisticated and as interesting as um, as zero access. Yeah, for for me, I don't even recall the actor, right? But it was a technique that I've never seen. It was it was a it it basically sent one ICMP packet once a month to say to the begin C two. Um, that just stated, Hey, I'm here. And I was like, so like blown away. It was like in 2013 and I was just like, what? And, and that blew my mind for me. It was, it was, you know, pre APT one days. And I was just like, man, this is super cool. And that, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. But I first met you at SAS 2018 and you spoke about finding a monster by its shadow. And I thought 
it was awesome how you presented the research you presented and and the way you commanded the the stage you know it was it was impressive and you i always say when you see someone speak you you look at someone and you like that that right there is a monster talk because the way that person commanded the stage and and I felt that when when I watch your talk, what other research have you published since twenty eighteen? Right, I, I I see you all the time. I see your LinkedIn posts. You, you're doing big things, right? Thank you. That that's a very nice feedback. I actually know that I'm not a very good uh, speaker. Hey, I'm but- I'm going to tell you, do not listen to her, because. It's it's about the content that you provide and the value you provide and the way you command that stage. And and when I, I was in the audience, you can't you cannot say I'm not a good speaker when I'm telling you I was in the audience and I'm I'm giving you feedback. So for me, I, I thought the research at the end of the day, the research was amazing. And you are an amazing speaker. So I'm giving you all the kudos, the credits, and and what have you put out? I, I I see these rumblings. I think you did 2020. I didn't. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, thanks, Marco. Yeah, I um I actually did talk um, at uh, SAS 2019 as well, and it was somehow the continuation of the of the research that you mentioned. So in 2018, um, I actually talked about the um, uh, like extended research uh, on the shadow pad uh, um, supply chain attack that my my colleagues had investigated um, earlier. So I I had a look at um, like different malwares and different uh, attacks that were um, related and somehow um, uh, had similarities with with shadow pad. Um, after that, the next year, I actually presented about uh, supply chain attacks in in a more like broader um, sense. Um, What were you saying? Because I I feel like 2021 is like the year of supply chain attacks. Mm -hmm. We got SolarWinds, we have Code Cove and stuff like that. Exactly. So yeah, I actually had to look at how how attackers deployed um, like the backdoor in the product. Mm. Uh, I didn't focus on like other aspects of supply and mm-hmm. supply chain attacks, but mostly focused on the history of um, like um, trojanized um, development environments or how the attackers um, compromise development environments to inject some code into the product that's being developed on uh, in that environment. So basically, like the first steps of the supply chain attack. Um, it's not, I mean, I've, I've had a look at the, the history and it goes back to like 1970s. And, um, but it's not always easy to find out how the supply chain attack started in the first place. Because mm-hmm. it really requires the, uh, the vendor that's been compromised to, um, to cooperate um, and, and help uh, with the investigation. But... Um, there were some cases that um, to 
was easier to investigate how it, it actually started. Um, so that, that was the main focus of my research and that I uh, presented at SAS 2020, uh, sorry, 2019. Mm -hmm. uh, presented it at, at a few, more, few other conferences as well. Um, last year also, I, I started looking at some um, IoT firmwares. Uh, I wanted to... You, uh, one second. You said you presented on that in 2019. Uh, I on the supply yeah. chain attack, right? Yes. So let's yes. let's just give you some kudos. You were ahead of your time. You were ahead of your time, right? The big supply chain attacks. Oh, I I'm I'm not gonna give credit to myself for bringing you on, but you know when you, for me, when I see someone that is a a person that is ahead that is thinking on a different level and I have them on, I'm just like, I know like the talent that this person has. Right. And, and you present on things that are going to happen in the future. So kudos to you for doing that. I just, I just wanted to point that out so you could go into 2020, but in 2019, you were ahead of the game. So I just wanted to point that out to everyone watching. Thank you. There, nice. there you go. Kudos to you. What did you present at SAS 2020? Yeah, I actually, there was, I mean, I, I talked at one of the, um, uh, one of the events that we had, uh, um, not, not the, not the SAS, but we had some, um, we had a few other webinars that were, that were powered by SAS. Mm -hmm. um, called great ideas, I and you have many of them. Yeah, I had uh, talked at one of these uh, great ideas about research that I had started on looking at um, firmwares and doing analysis on mostly like IoT firmwares. My my goal was to um, get like um, give the audience the equipments to. Mm -hmm. uh, start looking at um, firmwares to to find like um, anomalies or suspicious stuff in the firmwares. Um, Can uh, like let's let's stop right there because for two years I worked at Intel looking at firmware, and that is near and dear to my heart. So let's go into that real quick. I don't want to. Like, say what what you were doing. Were you doing UEFI stuff? Uh, I was no. Or really. or like router like stuff that has firmware in that aspect. I I, I was mostly looking at at uh, smart home appliances or mm. like routers or smart oh, TVs. So many bugs in those. That, that sort of Kudos stuff. to you because there's. There's so many low-hanging fruits when it comes to that, and and much respect to to looking down there. So, like firmware, a lot of people think it's hard, and for me, you know, when I was working on this team at Intel, and and so much respect to the people that that write UEFI. It took me a while to understand it, but once you understand it. To me, 
it is the Wild Wild West. It is the Windows XP of of this day and age. And, and that's what I would say. I'm, you know, I, I have so many shout outs to people that have helped me, but like firmware to me, if you want to look at like O'Day's vulnerabilities, look at firmware, right? You know, these appliances, these home routers, and, and there's, there's so many things to look at. And especially if you have a team that is collaborating on, Hey, we're going to look at, we're going to look for vulnerabilities. It's, it's one of those things that I feel that there's a lot of low hanging fruit on. So that's, that's awesome. Let me, let me ask you, why is cybersecurity so infatuated with attribution? And do you think it hinders investigations if you call out or, or a company calls out an attack that is from a specific nation state? Mm, I guess uh, the reason um, people are really interested in, in attribution is that it's, um, it, it can just be interesting for, for everyone. I mean, when you talk about like technical aspects of uh, an, an APT attack, mm-hmm. only like technical people or people who are interested in like um, in, um, in reverse engineering or in attack analysis are, um, are your audience. But um, everyone loves to hear about countries attacking each other. And, like, <laughs> it makes a good story is what you're saying. Exactly. It makes yeah. a good story. story. But yeah, I guess that that's important. But um, to me, it's it's more important to to learn about um, an attack, like learn how it it has happened, why it has happened, mm. and how we can how we can stop similar attacks in the future. Most of the times, people hear a story. And they are so excited and they talk about it, especially if a nation a state actor is, is involved. Um, but people do the same mistakes again and again and again mm. and get attacked with, by the same techniques, same uh, APT um, again and again. Um, so mm-hmm. I guess it's, uh, it's just, uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's just a, interesting story um take us through the steps that lead you to find interesting samples right when does it dawn on you that this specific binary has the traits to lead you to a bigger discovery um that's a good question oh yeah i I love accent all my malware reverses I love asking this question because it interests me and it's near and dear to my heart, right? If, for instance, I was reversing something yesterday and I'm reversing this binary. I'm not going to say the binary name because it's hot for this second. But one thing I asked me, I asked myself was, why is this malware using an encryption key for base 64? 
and then using it inside of this ransomware. And what I thought to myself was, why didn't this actor use a random generated function to to create this key? And I'm like, it's lame. So this is why I, I always ask this question. Because to me, it is very interesting where I see something like that and I know the skill set of the actor because he shouldn't use that function. He should be using this function because I reversed something more advanced. And what that tells me is you should have used this function instead of that one. That to me is is kitty. And there's there's multiple, I could look at the, Reversing the malware, it tells me if if the the threat actor is like an intermediate or advanced on the certain functions and how he uses the functions. So how do you find those interesting samples and 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 it dawns on you? Oh, this is good. That's interesting. Interesting thing that um, um, you shared. So. This, this is a very, very uh, interesting question. I love to ask this question from everyone that I know. I love to be able to find more and more interesting malwares. But to me, uh, it's not just the, um, I mean, of course, I'm, I'm more interested in reverse engineering than any other aspects of the um, uh, attack analysis. But um, it, every, every single, um, maybe not every single attack, but most of the attacks, even if they are not very sophisticated, even if they are just done by very average cyber criminal um, mm-hmm. groups, like small groups on maybe even like one or two person, every attack that I uh, investigate has interesting stuff for me. Like even if I find out like what what you said was quite interesting even if i find out that the skill set of the attackers are not that that high it's interesting uh, because i can go look at what what mistakes what other mistakes they um, made how Mm. i can find out about the people behind the attack is there something online that i can find about them find out about them is there um something uh, interesting like funny waiting for me in another uh, malware or module connected to this attack that I can go have a look and find out. Um, I guess it for me, it's not always like what sophisticated and interesting technique was used in, in a uh, binary. It's more like what um, new aspects or like new um, new stuff is in 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 this new attack that I'm investigating, is it sophisticated or not? If it's not sophisticated, what are the other interesting aspects about it? Um, sometimes it's interesting to go like do so um, a bit more like open source um, intelligent analysis and find out about the people uh, behind that, like if they are doing lots of mistakes. So yeah, I guess that that's the more interesting part for me. Yeah, I agree. For me, like I was last week reversing a binary and it used a function that I've never seen before. And to me, when I see something that is out of the ordinary, I'm like, oh, this is this is cool. This is something that can be tracked. 
So that I, I agree with you. It, it can take your analysis to a different level. And, and I love it. I love it. It feels like I'm a detective trying to piece together a puzzle that no one has solved. And I'm fresh on the case. And I, and I agree. I agree with everything you said. How much do you set aside to dig deep and build your case when you're working on a campaign? Um, well, I guess it, it, it actually depends on, uh, I mean, it, it's different case by case. Um, I, I personally usually tend not to, uh, not to finish uh, a research. I usually, um, I'm more interested in going on and on and find more and more, but, mm. uh, but I, I'm, I've started to, um, uh, make myself stop at some point and like get, get some, uh, get the results out. Um, but usually, I mean, I, I usually spend like just a few weeks. That is awesome because I am just like you. Luckily I have my boss that tells me, he goes, Marco set a date. And that is your timeline. I'm going to hold you to the date. And it feels like he's my news editor. He's like, I'm going to come to you on that specific date and say, where are the goods? Like, you need to hit the deadline and you can't go past that. And I kind of, I kind of in a way like it because it allows me to sprint towards the finish line and say, this is all I got. So uh, it's, it's a great answer. What, what you gave me, I'm lucky to have a boss that, that, pushes the button and says, okay, you're going to deliver on a specific date and whatever you have, we're going with it. And it's like, stop your research. The time has stopped. So I kind of like that. How do you expand the scope when looking into threat actor genealogy? Yeah, I usually try to um, first look at um, like, different malwares that um, that seem to be connected to the same threat actor mm-hmm. um, and and also the infrastructure what what other malwares are connected to mm-hmm. this like infrastructure if it's a, um, like the same c2 server or like um, servers domains that were registered by the same like with the same characteristics mm-hmm. uh, and that that that's usually how I try to to expand the um, expand the investigation. Um, also, it's interesting sometimes to see that like similar um, sim- um, connected artifacts can be found like in a um, different different campaign that mm-hmm. has a um, completely different um, victim profile. Um, that's where you you find out that the same maybe same group or like subgroups um, are um, focusing on like different um, different um, victim profiles. So yeah, to me it's it's mostly based on the malware similarities and and um, yeah the, the infrastructure. Nice. Can you go deep into campaigns that you've tracked and describe how you pivot? to find more artifacts for me, you know, the SSD, the TLSH, which 
I kind of like that has taken over. I kind of use that more rather than SS deep. What do you use? What are the techniques besides, you know, looking at domains and stuff like that? Um, so we have, um, that's a difficult question. Again, I, I can say that it, it depends on the, on that tech. It depends on the malware. Like if, if it's a cyber crime activity, that that's different sometimes mm-hmm. if it's not a very sophisticated uh, cyber crime group um, most of the malwares and most of the um, services that they use are bought in um, in um, darknet markets and are developed by someone else um, it it's um, i mean um, it it can be also challenging because uh, you need to differentiate between like different groups that were using the same malware or like the same infrastructure. Um, with, with the APT groups also different, um, I mean, um, it, it, it's totally, um, uh, it totally depends on the case that, that um, I would investigate. And then the, uh, like how big the group is, how, um, how um, skillful the group uh, behind that tech is. So, yeah. Now, switching gears, you know, you've helped women in the past. What are you doing today to to help women get into cybersecurity as well as reverse engineering? Thanks for asking this question. It's, uh, it's actually very important for me. Um, I'm, I'm part of a... Um, group in, in Australia that's called AWSN, Australian Women in Security Network. Um, amazing, um, amazing board, uh, board of uh, members, uh, amazing lady that, that founded this uh, group um, a few years ago. I, I met them um, five, four or five years ago and I been to some of the, their events. I've done some workshops for the uh, like student groups that they awesome. um, they um, support. Um, I, I I try to be more more active with them. Um, unfortunately, mm-hmm. I, I haven't um, done a workshop. Is it them. is it a nonprofit? Yes. Yes. Can you is. can you give the website just for people that want to donate and, and support? Them? Sure, um, definitely. Uh, the website, the, the name of the group is AWSN. Okay, um, look it up on Google and make so, sure you support. As soon as I'm done here, I'm going right to that website and I'm, I'm going to pledge um, some support because, like I said in the beginning of, of the podcast, it's all about uplifting one another and providing support. And, and hopefully this you know, recording helps one person. And and before we even started recording, what I told you was if it helps one person today or it helps one person five years from now, that's two people we affected. And that's what it's all about. This is why I, I do this. You know, I, I want to provide value and and women, like I said in, in the beginning of this podcast, has been instrumental in, in my success. My mother, I, I always tell her, 
you know, I'm a caregiver to my mother. Shout out to her. I always tell her, without you, I would not be where I'm at today. And I know that. And without my aunts providing, you know, that support, women in my family, like I said, has, has catapulted, you know, like I always say to everyone, high tide raises all ships. And women in my family has raised all the people in our family. And it means so much to to do this season, which is women in cybersecurity, because it means a lot. It is a project that I am passionate for. And, and when we have a nonprofit like what you just mentioned, it is important that everyone supports them because one dollar will help rather than zero. Exactly. Uh, yeah, uh, that, that's also another another amazing um, initiative was a conference that started a few years ago mm-hmm. in Australia. It's called Zero XCC. Mm-hmm. It's a conference that only focuses on providing trainings and maybe like um, very short talks um, for and the audience are um, women. Uh, again, um, it's also free. Um, and the workshops are usually done very professionally. Um, mm-hmm. There's uh, also I, black hoodie. There's there's like these bl- the there's small pockets of these amazing conferences helping women get into cybersecurity as well as taking their skills to another level. And for me, if you know any, please like tweet it out. Like it, it's super important to me. And, and this is what the season is about to shining the light that, and, and letting people know that there's help out there. There's, there's a path where you can connect with a lot of people that will help you that there's people out there that want to see you grow and, and want to see you win. Let me, let me ask you, what is next for you? What is next for me? I um, I love to get uh, more deep into the firmware um, um, mm. reversing stuff that I mentioned. Um, also, um, still want to um, you know improve my skills in reversing and uh, and threat intelligence as well. So I guess I have a Still a long way to go. Lots of things that I need to learn from from my colleagues, from other researchers, from people like you, uh, from people who know a lot more than me. Oh, you're so humble. Same, same here. Same here. I, I always say, we're always improving. Let me ask you, how is it working with colleagues that are smarter than you, as smart as you? And and how is that, right? What's that collaboration look like for the people that do not have those people that are like-minded or are getting into the industry and want to know? What does that collaboration look like? It looks uh, amazing. I, I don't collaborate a lot like in, in one uh, research case um, with with. Uh, my colleagues, but when I do like a few times a year working on a, on a research together, it's amazing, and I I love that my 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 colleagues have like different skill sets, and I can always learn new things from them. Um, and uh, yeah, I 
I highly suggest teamwork on uh, like cybersecurity research cases. Um, it's amazing. I love to do it every time, but again, it's a passion for you. It's a passion. You, uh, I mean, when I met you, I knew it was you. You were passionate, right? We were in Cancun at SAS, and you were there with your laptop, book bag. It was it, I seen the passion and so much respect. Anything for the viewers? Any last comments? You know, we're, we're hitting that hour and stuff like that. Any last comments? Uh, last thing I want to mention is that many of the works that I've done, like mostly like workshops and public speaking, some research that I did during the past few years, I had an amazing co, uh, co-worker, like co-trainer, uh, researcher. I uh, want to have a shout out to her. Um, she is my twin sister. Some, some people might know, some people might not. But yeah, we've done, um, we've done research a lot together. And um, um, Actually... I did forget to ask you about that. So we're going to, we're not going to save the last question. I got a few more questions. About a year after I met you, I was shocked to see this article where your twin sister had, you guys were on a tree and she had her elbow on, on, on your shoulder. And I was, my mind was blown. So please give kudos to your sister. Where does she work? She is also in cybersecurity your twin sister, is it identical? Is she identical? Yes. Give her 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 kudos. Because I I read that article when it came out, and I was, like, shocked. Yeah, we've we've actually been working together, like, um, I mean, we we went to school together, we went to university together. Time out, time out. We got about 10 more minutes. I hope, do you have 10 more minutes? Because I have a whole list of questions now. You just blew my mind. You went to university with her. You guys studied together. You guys yes. got your bachelor's and everything together. So are yes. you besties, like best of best friends? Yeah. I am are. very surprised you're not working together. But we, what I would say, does she reverse as well? Yes, she does. Oh. She, if there was a mic, I would drop it right now. Because I'm, I'm like... Pfft. So it, it is a... You guys collaborate a lot, and that's that's cool because what happens is when one sister is, like, above the other one, the other one has to get lifted up because the techniques are being shared and shown. And it's not about you work for this company, I work for that one. It's about growing together. Exactly. Like, it's about uplifting one another. I was unaware of this. <laughs> I was unaware of this. This is amazing. I mean, if you're not following Notion, where where can they follow you at? And your sister. Let's give her let's give her flowers, even though she's not here. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm I'm on Twitter, um, on LinkedIn as well. Not not very active on LinkedIn, uh, but yeah. But you're around. You're around. Yeah. I, I, uh, I try to be active from time to time. But yeah, uh, LinkedIn, Twitter, 
um, love to be connected. Uh, love what to, uh, What is your at on Twitter so people can follow uh, you? It's um, N-S-H-N-S-H-B-B. There we go. Just remove all the vowels from oh, my... Oh, man. I really enjoyed this one. Like, anytime I have fellow reversers, fellow malware reversers, man, it's, it, it feels like I'm at DEFCON, at Caesars, at, at the bar at Caesars, and we're just hanging out, talking. <sighs> I'm, I'm, I'm super happy we had this conversation. Thank you so much for your time. I know it's early in Australia and it's late over here, but I knew it was going to be worth it. So thank you for your time. And I'm sure we're going to see each other at SAS. And for anyone that doesn't know, let me just break it down. SAS, which is Kaspersky's Security Analyst Conference, right? Am I messing that up? Security Analyst Summit. There we go. Summit. Not conference. Summit. It is the best conference I've ever been to. I'm just I'm just going to let you know, since I walked off of the plane wherever it was hosted at, you're talking about five-star customer service, if it's that. Like, they pick you up at the airport. It is a three-day conference that is amazing. I'm not giving... You know, it, it has, if you get invited, make sure you go. Because there's not enough good things that I can say about it. I went to the conference in 2018 and my mind was blown from when it started to when it ended. All three days. And I loved it. And And hopefully when everything opens up, I can go back over there and enjoy myself you know, I I literally had the time of my life. And the way I rate conferences is you build lifelong relationships with friends. That's true. Very true. And with SAS, <laughs> I tell you this. It was, I want to say that weekend or that week into the weekend was around 400 people. I still get in touch with the majority of people that I've connected with. Hence you. And hence you are on this podcast. And I greatly appreciate your time. And and hopefully in the next ask, we will see each other hopefully later this year or next year. But we will we will meet up again. And thank you for your time. I greatly appreciate it. Flowers to you. And everyone, until next time, have a good one.